Tonight, it's every Trek fan's worst nightmare. Our parents. It's Trexticles. Of course, computed and on the screen. All decks have acknowledged, sir. Engage. It's Trexticles. How's it going, everybody? I'm Pat Ryan. With me, as always, is Jake. What's going on? Not too much. Uh, I'm really, really excited about tonight's episode, uh, only because it may be one of the best things to ever make it onto television. Uh, oh, I totally agree. Um, there's so much in this that's just so, so good. Oh, I agree. Well, uh, kind of when you asked me originally to do this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, I really was kind of hesitant, and then uh, two things won me over. The first one is that you actually let me name it Trexticles. Yes, which is then, uh, probably the best idea you have ever had, oh, if, if we're being honest. My life is just downhill from here, but after that, it was uh, as long as we get to do this episode early, because this is, <laughs> uh, this is one of my favorite things that just... Uh, it's just right there. This is one of my favorite things. And this I know better, I had this seen this episode. Raindrops and roses and whiskers and... However the fuck that song goes. <laughs> Whatever my favorite things are. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's so many moments in this episode that are so perfect. And it, it is actually critically acclaimed. A lot of people really enjoy this episode. And I'm somewhere between totally understanding that and me thinking that it's just me thinking that this is a funny episode. <laughs> but um, It has some hilarious moments. It's a, I think this is a shining example of what Trek did where the... Sci-fi and social commentary meets just being absolutely goofy and ridiculous. And uh, a little something that I'm sure we'll talk more about is uh, William Campbell, the guy that actually plays, um, oh, what's his face, um, uh, plays Trelane in this. General Trelane, retired. Gen- what is it? General Trelane, General retired. retired. Um, the guy who plays this is uh, known slash unknown for doing just B-movies. And his performance in this is like the best B movie performer ever. Like the the cheesiness mixed with like the almost sincerity of it is just like the perfect storm for for what this episode was trying to accomplish. So oh, I totally, agree. he does a great job of. Uh, well, I don't want to spoil the episode, but as uh, the whole episode basically builds to a big, as most Trek the Trek episodes <laughs> do, builds to a big strange reveal. Yeah. And, uh, this is actually an episode that almost gets better on the second watching because you can see how his entire performance slowly sort of yeah, where starts it, hinting more and more at the big reveal as the episode goes on. He does a fantastic job. Yeah, and, and that's something because I, I watched it first just to, to watch it the second time to take my, my show notes for it. Mm-hmm. And you're right, knowing the ending is almost as good as being surprised by it. Because then, I, I mean, I, the first time around, you're like, oh, wow, crazy awesome ending. And then the second time you're around, like, wow, actually really good performance. Right. You, you sort of appreciate um, all the, well, it's like it's like anything that comes in the second viewing or the second reading of a book where all the all little hints and the foreshadowing and all that. Oh, sure, sure. It, it subconsciously hits you the first time. And then the second time you can go back and really notice it and appreciate it. Yeah. So I say we get this thing going here. Uh, if you are on Netflix, uh, this is episode 17 of season one of Star Trek, the original series. Uh, 18 on mine, so. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it's counting, um, 
I don't know. Netflix is weird. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but it is called The Squire of Gothos or Gothos? Gothos? I don't know. I have I no idea. Yeah. I, don't, I never learned how to read. <laughs> oh, thank God you're doing podcasts then. <laughs> I just have to talk. I don't have to read. So uh, we're going to get it started right now. Uh, have it all set up on the zero point. So I'll, I'll give you a sec there. So so pause the podcast right now. And when we come back, we'll we'll queue you up to hit start. And then we will all do this uh, as, as a team, as a class. One big so, happy family. So hit pause now. Uh, how are you going to... Are you going to come up with like a new noise and new way to do the pause for every single episode? I have I been doing it differently each time? Oh, I need to go back and listen now. I have no idea what I've done every other time. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, well, no. Don't. I'm I don't really, think really listen. creative. I think you just do a new one every time. Oh, I, I can do that. Or right. at least think I do. I've got a terrible memory. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcome back from the break. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to have you guys do now is now that it's all queued up at the zero mark, I'm going to count down. Three, two, one, go on. Go hit start. Uh, obviously. And then we will ruin the episode by talking through it. So, get yourselves all set. We are hitting play in three, two, one, go. I swear to God, I'm getting deja vu from this opening <laughs> scene. It's like I've uh, seen it hundreds of times before. Yeah. Oh. I love the hot yeoman or yeoman. Yeoman, Yeoman. Yeah, carrying random unidentified <laughs> drinks to everybody. Yeah. I'm wondering if like that, that was like a, you know. Like well, the director didn't know about it. It's just something. a handful of old fashions that she brought in. Like, I, I really think it's just straight bourbon, actually. <laughs> if you were captaining, captaining a spaceship, would you be drinking anything else on the job? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Oh, and we're we're back to getting some of the old bones and Spock. Mm-hmm. They don't like the, the thing is they're both men of science, but right. one mutual respect. But yeah, I, I just I always felt like they should get along a lot better than they do. Mm-hmm. But instead, Bones always says vaguely racist things about his green blood and stuff like that. Well, that was something I noticed in this episode. Is it's not quite. It's a prominent subplot, but it's not quite as, uh, what's the right word? There's not quite as much animosity as I'm used to. As much as oh, between the two of them, they seem to get along sort of better in this episode than they do in a lot of others. Yeah. And, like, they don't even really start acting like friends until the movies start. Mm. Because you'll you'll see signs of, like, affection and stuff like that. Like, they're crewmates, they care about each other, they respect each other as scientists, but, like... They're not friends. Now, here's something. It drives me crazy watching Uhura sit like that with her arms at like a 45 degree angle and her body all twist. Like, that's not comfortable. How do you use those controls? Oh, well, it drives me crazy watching her sit like that, but uh, for an entirely different reason. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. Yeah. I love that that boingy noise. (laughs) He disappears. I need to have that always on my phone for when I leave her room. Mm-hmm. Alright guys, see you later. <laughs> this is like an after, I swear it was an afterthought, like, uh, when they were recording the, the editor was just being a dick about music it. And shit, they're like, oh, we need a, 
We hear noise. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, uh, somebody's disappearing, and some drunk ass trumpet player was like, "I got it." Wow, wow. <laughs> okay, perfect. Print it. Use it eight thousand times. No, especially in this episode. This episode borders on being a cartoon of itself. <laughs> yeah, it really does to me sum up the vibe, the whole thing of the original series with just what this how- episode specifically. Yeah, totally. Because it's, it combines the whole, you know, science and exploration aspect with just being goofy as hell. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm so excited, uh, coming up. One of the things that they seem to always love doing, whether it's Spock or Data or Mm. Spock, the, the overly logical, you know, character that's not quite human. Yeah. They always make them do very, ridiculous things whether it's say something ridiculous or dress in a weird costume or use a funny accent oh yeah and, uh, <laughs> when we see the first signal that comes from this uh foreign planet uh spot gets to read it out loud and it's just fantastic oh and okay yeah 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 <laughs> uh and well and we also get some more spock yelling yes it's not as good as the first couple no episodes, the women All right, you two. Again, I was about to talk about how hot Uhura is. uh, (laughs) I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna save that for when we do Mirror Mirror. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, then it kind of just smacks you in the face. Oh, yeah. No, no no qualms though. I'm totally okay with everything that happens in Mirror Mirror. So where is Kirk during all this? He just sitting back. Oh, here we go. Kirk already got zapped down. Oh, that's right, that's right. I wasn't looking for a second. Oh, yes, here you go, Spock. Here's a a word that I literally never heard before or after this episode. Felicitations. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that it's printed on an old-timey screen. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Using, like, hip, hip, hoorah. I believe it's pronounced hoorah. <laughs> Tally ho. <laughs> that synced up perfectly when you said that. That was Spock saying that with your voice. Uhura needs a shorter skirt. Yes. I'm only saying that kind of as a joke. Yeah, why is it that Kirk's shirt's always ripped, but hers is always intact? That seems unfair. Yeah, right? This I actually like this moment because this is, you know, Spock just... Sort of, not randomly, but you know, he just assumes control as soon as Kirk's gone. Sure. And there's no, uh. Well, that's logic. Hesitate. Right, but there's no hesitation. People right. are just instantly like, okay, he's the new captain. He's running it. I kind of like that where it's just. You know, it's a very not, clear chain of command. Right. And even, like you said, McCoy always has his attentions. He doesn't even begin to question his. Oh, authority, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? I like the spinning chairs though. <laughs> There's always some random people ready to take the fucking helm. Yeah, and I've noticed that not e- not just in this series, in every show, as soon as somebody steps away from their control plan, which I mean, somebody I suppose if they were running up. a ship. Mm. And I love, we're beaming down to a planet we know nothing about. These tiny gas masks will do the trick. There's, uh, what, oh, are, and the an tubes, what are the tubes connected to? I, I have no, it looks like it's attached to their tricorders. <laughs> okay, well then you can just hand wave through that. Tricorder yeah. Equal. Oxygen magic. 
That's, yeah, that's totally a sonic screwdriver sort of move. Mm. Yeah, I think they're hooked into the tricorder. Oh, wait, no, that's not Mac. even a tricorder. It's just a, a Mac Mini. <laughs> it looks like an external hard drive. It doesn't matter. They take <laughs> it off within, like, four seconds. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually something. The only reason they put them on, I think, is because of the plot point where it's like, wow, this planet has the same atmosphere here. Yeah, and there's something that I took down notes. Is like, it seems like, like not only most planets, but every humanoid species breathes the same air. Like, oh, yeah. uh, and that that drives me nuts. Like, why would like the the Klingons be breathing the same air as the humans? Like, they're two totally different planets from two totally distant areas. But well, eventually they start to um, explain it a little bit with the. Uh... Yeah, they explain the evolution of how everyone looks more or less humanoid. Right, and I think that's sort of how they, you know, gloss over it. Yeah. It's because we all have the same common ancestry, (laughs) as much as the Romulans and Klingons don't like to believe it. Yeah. I really wanted to turn this into a drinking game, and every time they say Jaeger, just take a shot of (laughs) Jaeger. I I love this, uh, the the set they used here for the castle. It was just incredible. Yeah, it actually, it doesn't look bad. Um, I would say the surrounding stuff, the trees and all, like, that, that mm. looks like total shit. Like, I... Well, they, it's like they put a green screen in the background and then they forgot to put Yeah, and they just didn't the key it screen. in. They just kept it green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a different planet. It's fine. Mm. And this is the most wacky, topsy-turvy sort of place. Yeah. And that's, like, so very TOS. Why would this be on a foreign planet? Well, we find out in a second. Oh, I know, I know. I love uh, the mounted, like, is that a crocodile or something (laughs) mounted over the fireplace? This is fucking fantastic. Yeah. He hunted and killed a Muppet. (laughs) Oh, you're seeing something interesting, something that's very pivotal to the plot. Mm -hmm. Pivotal? Yeah, I I stumbled over that one. Uh yeah, that was I didn't notice that on the first watching that they really show that mirror. Yeah, they really feature it. Becomes a plot point. They what? show it constantly up to that point. <laughs> what the fuck? The, the, I don't know. I'm I'm looking at that now look, and I didn't notice it, it the first like watch. It's like the gas mask kids from uh, Doctor Who. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, Kirk and Sula. <laughs> what are they doing? It looks like they got stopped they, in the middle of doing the safety dance or something. I was going to say the robot. Yeah, they're doing the robot they and they might. just paused. S S S S A A A. Oh, his his sonic screwdriver. Door closes. <laughs> the only reason I said door closes is because it's actually on the closed captioning. Oh, is it? <laughs> in brackets. In case you couldn't tell. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and this guy is definitely, he was swinging for the fences. Like, this is, he wasn't just uh, another crappy villain. And I suppose that's why this episode has stood the test of time. People still think of it as one of the best. Because mm. this guy was He's just all out. Just silly. And see, I, I actually really like Bones' response to everything that's going on right now. Because he seems to be the only one that's acknowledging, like, all of this is really stupid. And everyone else is just like, this is curious. This world is different. 
Well, Sulu has a moment a little later. That is one. Oh, yeah, where he just gets straight up defiant. Mm-hmm. He just turns into a dick. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Oh, he said felicitations. There you go. That's twice. <laughs> Say tally-ho. I know I made a reference to uh, the prisoner in our first episode, but yeah. this, there's something about this, the writing and the acting and the whole vibe that just really reminds me of the prisoner. Uh, this episode specifically? This episode, yes. Okay. Well, I get it's, it's just, got that sort of like ethereal yet bound in reality-ish feel to mm-hmm. it, where it's like, okay, this is clearly fantastical, whatever's happening, but it's also probably not real. Right. This just seems like something that, like, Leo McKern's number two would have done. Right. Six, like, just act like a French crazy person, play the harpsichord, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, and coming up here, we're going to get some, like, really good racism. I don't know if that's for, if that's coming up sooner, if that's in a minute or two here. Or, or not racism, this. xenophobia, I suppose, is more accurate. Well, there's racism, too, but of course. I, I like that right there. Is that, That's your first sort of hint at the truth of this character, where he says, Yeah. Uh, Oh, did I make an error in time? How fallible of me. Yeah. And that, that one line kind of sums up the entire thing of his sort of powers. And and that becomes kind of a running theme throughout the episode is like the, the cracks in his character. Mm -hmm. He's extremely powerful, but it's not polished. It's not. Yeah. (laughs) And his facial expressions too. It seems like everything is like, Again, like cartoony almost about this guy. He's got that total wacky demeanor to him, which almost makes him more of a scary bad guy because you're you're going to get the indications here that he is all-powerful, that he could just straight-up kill everyone, but he's so childlike and, and giddy about everything. And, of course, uh, they have to fill in and fit in that moment right there, that little dig. Yeah. We're the only predatory species that preys on itself. Mm-hmm. No matter how silly this show's being, it's got to have that moment of... Looking inward. Right. (laughs) I love that this this whole uh, moment when he's speaking in foreign languages is literally subtitled as, in brackets, speaking in foreign language. (laughs) They they didn't bother to say what language it was. They didn't transcribe it. They just said, oh, it's foreign. Fuck it. It's Star Trek. Why is he, why do they have a meteorologist on board there? That's something that really threw me off when I, I was like, uh, there's really not a I'm, lot. I'm thinking that maybe in the future, meteorologists literally mean someone who studies meteors. Meteors, yeah. Is that? Because when, you, when you're in space, who cares what the clouds are doing? I was waiting for the Hitler salute after that, actually. Uh, it got very close there. Yeah, they save that for Mirror Mirror, too. Yeah. Well, there's also another episode where there's uh, the space Nazis. Mm-hmm. It's a whole planet that modeled their lifestyle after the Third Reich. For life me now, I can't think of the name of the episode, but... <laughs> like, this really danced around some pretty offensive stuff. Yeah. Actually just had some minorly offensive stuff in it. Oh, it's going to get even better when, once they beam the women down. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like that right there, when you're seeing him just like firing off the phaser with this goofy smile on his face, I found that to be terrifying. Because like, this guy is a weapon that can straight up kill you. But 
he's just fascinated because the, I mean, he has the power that he could probably do the same thing himself. Right, but this but lesser species that the had humans to, have that. Power. Yeah, that they created things to do that. Mm. And of course, this sets in motion the the trend that will continue in you know Q and all that stuff that all the no matter who they are, what powers they have, what species they are, what beings they are. Mm-hmm. For some reason, everybody thinks that humans are like the greatest thing ever and they have to <laughs> study them and figure out what they're doing. Like, like they're so fascinating when you've got these creatures like the, um, the betazoids that can read minds. Humans no can't really do any of that stuff. Them. They're more fascinated with the humans. Right? Well, that's the thing. If you look at TNG, even the one betazoid they have on the ship is like studying the humans. Yeah. Not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Data. Wants to be a human. Yeah. And, well, the original series, Spock, you know, is half human, human yeah. Figure, but eventually he starts to embrace it. Sort of. Yeah. Now, <sighs> oh, right here comes some fantastic acting. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait for it. And. <laughs> Like, wouldn't they have already shot him by now? Why are they all freaking out? Like, everyone that's still in that room is freaking out. Yeah, just shoot him. As if they could see this. (laughs) I think they were probably just freaked out that their captain just disappeared. They just saw him disappear not like ten minutes ago. (laughs) Not a surprise. Yeah. Realize that, you know... They haven't been doing this forever, but they've already run into enough alien races that have the exact same powers. Mm-hmm. Snap their fingers, all of a sudden there's a crazy boing noise. <laughs> People are gone. Now, wouldn't that be just a great racial trait to have if you were an alien from a different species? You could just make that boing noise happen. <laughs> okay, I, I definitely need that on my Damn, there's a uh, lot of smartphone. It's <laughs> just the boing noise. <laughs> It's funny to to look at like the clipboards that they have, basically iPads. Like again, back to this theme that we had talked about earlier with the um, the sort of theme of predictive technology. They've got mm. a lot of that, especially on the shipboard, like communications type stuff. Mm. I'm getting still kind of a really human vibe off of Spock in this episode. This is interesting because he's the one that, um, in this whole exchange, he's the one that actually takes the long shot to try to save somebody. Yeah. When, you know, Scotty's saying that that's not necessarily, you know, logical or not, you know, it's a long shot. He's like, yeah. Well, Got to do it. And maybe that's intentional. Maybe they kind of have him flip flop to show that he does still have that human side to him. Well, they even established that in uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before. I mean, one of the last lines of the episode was him saying that he felt for Mitchell, too. I think that, you know, yeah. exploring his human side becomes more and more as the series goes on, one of the most important character developments in the series. Yeah. All throughout this episode, I get this impression that Sulu just wants to murder this guy. He's just got, like, this stone-cold killer's face the entire episode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, if he hated him that much, he'd rip his shirt off and run <laughs> through the sword. That's how Sulu rolls, bitches. I, again, totally, totally <laughs> the best. Like, you're in space. Swords have been out of style for, like, literally thousands of years. And still, yeah, he does it topless and violently. Swords um, will never be out of style, okay? <laughs> That's true. If you go to any comic convention, you'll find plenty mm-hmm. of stalls that just sell. I, I'm sure they're not good ones. I'm sure they're just like, you know, cheesy mock-ups of swords and stuff like that. But that's such a huge thing. Oh, yeah. And, well, and that seems like one of those hobbies that just doesn't make any sense to me. Sword collecting? It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I, I was about to make a reference, and I think I still will, that is, this could be, which is... Doubly impressive because it's in a podcast about Star Trek. This is mm. going to be the dorkiest thing sentence that's ever come out of my mouth. But there was a probably when I when I was in high school, I did a song. Mm. I did uh, some songs from uh, the game Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. I turned them into like metal and recorded them and uploaded them. And a couple of years ago, somebody sent me a link and said, "Check this out," and it was. Uh, Someone had made a YouTube video mm. showing off their sword and replica armor collection that they had set to my song. And that's our <laughs> show, everyone. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not going to get ever, ever get any dorkier than that. It was, oh, I, that's I was just funny. Watching it. But then actually they, it stepped it up and got even weirder where some, <laughs> uh, somebody actually recorded a video of them dancing, working out to your music. To my music. It was oh, like that's so good. Doing sit-ups and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Amazing, yeah. You gotta link me those later. Oh, I will. <laughs> what, what are we watching again? Star yeah. Trek? Okay. Yeah. I love that. I actually, I'm sure in the next 30 or 40 minutes, I'm gonna make so many references to Q and how Trelane's kind of a obvious predecessor, but this moment coming up is such mm-hmm. a... This is basically is where they took like every Q episode in Next Generation and Voyager pretty much starts with the exact same thing that we're about to see right here. And a bit of trivia for all you guys playing at home. Uh, it was later established that Trelane is part of the Q continuum. It's a very early part of that whole storyline. It was established in one of the books. And, and like, it totally makes sense if you are watching the character at all. Like, not only his mannerisms, but what he is, what he stands for. Oh, Just this. Oh. Ha. <laughs> Except when John Delancey did it, he was naked. Yeah. Or wearing Starfleet uniforms, but actually, funny enough, uh, not only just did they take a lot of the tropes and ideas, uh, some of the early Q episodes, or one in particular that I'm remembering, he's very, he is directly lifted from this, where he's a, a French general of about, you know. Oh, is it the guy that's like obsessed with Napoleon? Is that what that? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he has an episode where he acts like that, dresses in French military garb, you know, things like that. It's uh, kind of strange that <laughs> they didn't even try to hide the influence. It was like, ah. <laughs> Now, something I've written in my notes, and I, I still stick to it while watching this episode again. Uh, Trelane is pretty much just uh, Wikipedia. Like, he's got all this information, but, like, half of it's wrong. 
Just very kind. And it like also has that sort of internet trolley, like, you mad, bro, sort of feeling to him. I think that's why I love him and uh, Q in general is because he is just the ultimate troll right there. Yeah. I love that that moment right there where Sula just looks at him like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Are you enjoying yourself? Fuck no. you. <laughs> See, I was trying when I was uh, doing prep for this show, I was yeah. trying to figure out where the name, the word, because a lot of times in Trek, they always give subtle nods to whether it's other sci-fi or mythology, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I tried to look up uh, where they might have gotten Gothos. And okay. the best I could find is that there's some small, not at all noteworthy village in India called Gothos. There's absolutely nothing important about it. So I'm thinking that... This is it is even a, a suburb or is it just like a just town in the middle of nowhere? It's just, a, it's just a village. I don't know. I didn't... I mean, the fact that I know... There's... The Wikipedia page is about one paragraph. Yeah. So, I mean, I apparently that's probably just a coincidence. And this is one of those times where they just actually made up a word. Okay, here's the, a Nubian goddess. I feel like that should be offensive to a lot of people. I think the next line where it says that it was taken on a raid <laughs> is a little worse, actually. Yeah. Uh, He's right, though. She is really hot. Oh, yeah. Wait, are we talking to Shell Nipples? <laughs> <laughs> Shell Nipples. Nice. That's uh, fantastic. That's, oh. That is the best porn star name ever. If, if anybody <laughs> out nipples. there is uh, oh, going into the adult God. film industry, oh, I will God. give you $10 <laughs> to use that as your name. We just coined, uh, oh dear God. <laughs> I'm so somewhere between disgusted we... <laughs> in myself and really proud of myself. Uh, last, last week we uh, decided we were going to launch a, a feminine care products line. Sure. This week we're talking, uh, we've got our porn empire. Right. See, I feel like we're really, we're, uh, we're changing the world. We're doing good things around here. Mm-hmm. Nichelle Nipples. That's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna have to. I don't know. <laughs> Edit the shit to, out of this podcast. That. That's too good of an idea to yeah. be wasted on a podcast like this. Yeah, maybe we'll make a, a t-shirt or something. <laughs> her earrings are ridiculous. You want the bright I think, green? I think, I think she bought her earrings at Krispy Kreme. <laughs> <They're selling laughs> those things. <laughs> delicious. Why? How does she? I, she I like knows how to dance already. But why, why is it so long? I don't, know. I, I don't understand why they just show him dancing and everyone's like looking at him. <laughs> well, I just like so, that Bones is just eating his meal and having a drink. <laughs> like, shouldn't you be a little more concerned? There, he's clearly like taking the women hostage. Well, what would you do if you were in that situation? I'd fucking, I would start downing that wine. <laughs> Come on. Oh no, he says it's flavorless. The water has more flavor. Who even, like, this is, it's probably not even real. But yes, given the opportunity, I would just chug it. Oh, yeah. What else are you going to do? I mean, if you've got the chance to get wasted and start a fight with a deity, don't mm. don't pass it up. I agree. Plus, if you're going to be forced to listen to Nichelle Nipples play the harpsichord, <laughs> <laughs> you better be tanked. Uh... <laughs> I love the, the, the entire conversation so serious, and there's just like a 
alligator head over the top. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if there's actually a precedent for that. Like if in Napoleon era France, you know, there were a lot of alligators. It was cool to mount alligator heads (laughs) or if someone was just really like drunk one day, like, yeah. Or maybe there was an intentional choice where it's like, well, this is kind of an out of whack, um, portrayal of this era. Hmm. Up, oh, wait, we're gonna magic costume change. And twice as hot. Actually, I don't know. I was having a little bit of a red shirt boner. Yeah, there, never mind. There's she looks a whole really lot good in this. Just sort of subtle sexism in this scene, though, because oh, all yeah. the men are sitting there like eating and drinking, gonna, and the women are, are gonna, being subservient. How are we gonna beat this guy? How are we gonna get out of here? And the women are enjoying dressing in fancy clothes and playing music. Yeah, like, and they're they're both smiling like, oh, this is amazing. I get yeah, that's to, the thing I get too. To is dance. I'm I'm all pretty. Like, I'm looking at Ahura and being like, why aren't you like horrified that you just magically know the piano and you're playing music so this guy can kidnap your crewmate? God, that, you're right. That alligator head is really distracting. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that I pointed out. <laughs> it's gonna ruin the episode for you. Yeah, it is kind of a machine. <laughs> that's like, how is he not hearing like, any of this? There's one thing that kind of confuses me, and it'll be a little bit of a spoiler. Okay. But they derive, they deduce that his power is derived from a machine. Yeah. And then they figure out what that machine is. Mm-hmm. And they break that machine. Yeah. And that enables them to escape mm-hmm. for a minute. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he has all his powers back. Um, well, because at the end of the day, I think it's not just the machine. I think the machine was running the illusion on the planet. Mm. Uh, which doesn't explain another scene that happens later. But I can see it being like, oh, okay, well, they can get past the force field or whatever's going on in the planet. Mm. But um, he's still God. Yeah. Okay, now what we have coming up here is the first of a couple of fantastic bitch slaps that happen. There are some good ones. In oh, at, at the Very end. At the climax, it's just fantastic. You are, yeah, you won't miss it, and you will love it. Look, see, that's another sexist thing right there. She's pissed that he's like, stop dancing with this crazy person. Yeah. Goddamn, she's hot, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> glove slap, baby, glove slap. <laughs> All right. Now, now he's talking about uh, what was it, Hamilton? Is that yeah? Okay, this is yeah. Now's where I'm gonna. Wasn't wasn't it Hamilton who much. got shot like four times, and then like then he finally died? Because I, I think he died know. in a duel. I'm... It was uh, Aaron Burr, right, and Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. Yeah. But uh, it was what's weird here is they, in most of the original series, they really shied away from giving specific time frames and dates on everything. Yeah. But this episode, that's what I think why they invented the star date was because they didn't want to. They just wanted to be like it's in the fairly near-ish future. Yeah. Uh, but this episode pretty much pinpoints it to. Uh, what turned out to be completely wrong. 
mm-hmm. because uh, Alexander Hamilton, that whole duel was in uh, 1804, um, which, of course, I knew off the top of my head. I did not <laughs> have to look it up on the internet. Right, right. But and then uh, everything else here is from roughly, you know, that era, about the, you know, 18th, 19th century, mm-hmm. holy, um, you know, all that stuff. Which would, and then uh, earlier they said that they're 900 light years away, and okay. that he's out of date because he's seeing Earth 900 years in the past. Which would, put, yeah, but I don't know if that's really something you should take as fact, because they're I, speculating that he's 900 years out of date, when really well, he's. Say, but they're saying very specifically that uh, that they recognize this sort of. Sure, but the um, whole planet is a mock-up. Furniture. Right, but they're saying they recognize everything about it as being, nine, quote-unquote, 900 years in the past. And obviously yeah. it's just something that it was something that later on they decided they wanted to change. But mm. uh, I like this, though. I like this moment. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see, this is one of uh, very many times where uh, this is obviously a hallmark of Kirk is that he... Uh, really does decide to just jump in and throw himself at the mercy of just fate and luck. Yeah, and that happens more than once in this episode. Right, and here is like he accepted a one-on-one duel with pistols. Yeah. Because he thought it gave him a better shot. At breaking the planet. (laughs) Yeah, it turns out he had something else in mind. Right. In my actual, my favorite episode, Game Search with Triskelion, he does the same thing. He convinces, you know, it, a lot of his plans come down to either real gambling or, you know, manipulating. But still, it's sure. always the sort of Wild West cowboy up sort of thing. Yeah, and I think that's something that I, I liked about Kirk a lot is just like his sort of like roguish attitude and being just completely balls to the wall the whole time. Whereas if you look at a character like, uh, say like even, uh, Christopher Pike from the cage, mm. like I right. see him being a much more reserved, like calculated, mm. not throwing yourself into stupid things all at once. Oh yeah. I like, actually, I like that moment. Speaking of his machine giving him the powers. Mm-hmm. I love that. That they break the mirror and he freaks out. Yeah. I think they won. And then he walks up to the mirror and disappears. It's like, it's an ultimate, like, oh, I think we just won. Oh, fuck, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, um, no. Well, as I was saying, what, uh, I, I do hate to dork out this much, but mm. some people will probably appreciate it. But that would have put this, uh, the original series in about the 27th century, like the 2600s. Okay. Um, or 2700s, even depending, because they say about 900 years. So yeah. You don't really know exactly. But, um, it's kind of sort of taken at fact now that the five-year mission started in 2265. Okay. Um, so that would have put them about lots of years off, 500 years. <laughs> um, but we know even beyond that, if that's not necessarily specific, we know that Next Generation didn't take place until 2364. Yeah, TNG, they got a lot was, more specific with, uh, yes. with where they, they were. said 2364 in... Again, I knew this off the top of my head. Didn't of course. Look up. In uh, the Arsenal of Freedom episode and also the Encounter at Firepoint. So they said that that un- undoubtedly started in 2364. And then also we can go back and think that um, in the movie uh, First Contact, mm-hmm. they say the actual... Uh, Which is actually my favorite Star Trek movie. 
Oh, it's a great, great movie. But they basically established there that uh, the first contact moment, like the first invention of the warp drive and first mm-hmm. contact with aliens was 2063. So right. basically every, through different movies and series, basically proves that no matter what the specific, excuse me, specifics are, the that this episode is completely, completely wrong by <laughs> a, lot. a very, very <laughs> large margin. Okay, now if you had to speculate... Uh, to the point where we get to this, maybe it is first contact. Maybe, uh, maybe it's you know uh, doing faster than light travel. How far off do you think we are from the the Star Trek? We'll say TOS universe. Oh, wow. hundred years, five hundred years, fifty years. Um, well, according to this episode, we're yeah. seven hundred years. No, sure. Um, <laughs> I don't. I, I think that really the way what's what you know, is interesting about this universe is that up to a certain point, it's very much our universe. You know, it's yeah. very, um, except apparently in the nineties, we have a giant, um, eugenics war and <laughs> Khan Noonien Singh takes over yeah. the world. I don't remember that. Uh, I was too busy watching Saved by the Bell, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I think it just, it's, you know, there's, there's sort of an impetus in this universe as the first invention of a working, warp drive yeah kind of spurs everything really fast and i think in reality it's probably like that we're really far away from it unless that happens and then once that leap happens then and this this is another thing um that they directly that was directly stolen uh for q in his first ever appearance what the the courtroom thing the, the courtroom yeah. judge yeah i mean this is it's very and again uh, first the, the prisoner the prisoner reference is just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And anybody out there that has not seen the prisoner, I would definitely recommend. You could probably find it at your local library or something like that. It's not the hardest thing to find. It's just it's not. not it's well- not on Netflix streaming, but you can get the you can get the DVDs from Netflix. Oh, okay. You can get all the discs from them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, don't. And we're talking about the original with uh, Patrick McGowan in the late '60s. Yeah, not the, the one that has with, um, Ian McKellen. Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, Jesus Caviezel. Yeah, that was, was a de- It was entertaining. It was See, decent. I didn't read much positive about it, so I just decided yeah. to skip. Yeah, I finally gave it a watch, and I was like, "Hey, decent." It's, it's not. It's not a bad show. But yeah, it's just not. It's not a, it not most of the time when you try to reboot a beloved franchise, it just fails miserably. Abrams got lucky, I think, with Star Trek because oh he was, yeah, that was like the biggest risk that you could possibly take. Yeah, because with uh, going back and watching all this TOS like we have, I decided to to rewatch the movie just to do a little bit of fact checking and see how accurate they were. But uh, you, like, you actually get to see the choice of of Spock being like. Uh, I'm gonna still be a little bit human. I'm not gonna be uh, like a, a Vulcan astrophysicist like his dad was. He w- he wanted to go to Starfleet, which I thought like that's kind of a cool thing because they it's like making more of a nod to his human side. And there's yeah, I don't know. They just fucking nailed that movie. Oh yeah, they were able. It's amazing, especially I think it's amazing that they were they changed certain things in the characters. You know, sure. Kirk was kind of more of a fuck up. Spock was more. Yeah. Angry and irrational, you know, like and a baller. Like he got Zoe Saldana. Oh yeah, no kidding. But um, they were uh, 
it's amazing that they were able to go back and reboot the series and change things fairly dramatically. But and none still of the Trekkies. Not piss off the Trekkies. <clears throat> yeah, no. Walking out of that theater, I'm like, I'm completely satisfied with this movie. And not even that, I was thrilled with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I loved it, and I mean, I know a lot of people that uh, either don't care for old Star Trek or didn't yeah. really watch it, don't know anything about it, they walked out of that saying, "This is amazing. Maybe I should go back and watch some of the old shit." Yeah, and and I'm I'm sure a lot of people that went back and watched it were, you know, really impressed by some of the really great episodes of TOS that there are. And then I'm sure some of them were actually very disappointed. Well, because there's a lot of cheese. (laughs) Right. As much as I think it's, I mean, this is one of the best uh, overall series in television history. Mm -hmm. You have to be the kind of person that can watch something from 50 years ago. Yeah. And and, and still enjoy it for what it is without, you know. Yeah. And there are certain episodes that actually just hold up as like, wow, this looks good. This like has an overall feel of just good TV, but a lot of it is just accepting that like this is what TV was at the time. And well, any shimmer I don't even of think that I don't think this is what TV was. I think this defined what TV was going to become. Well, I'm talking you as know, far like, as like cheesy stuff though, like right. the bad effects and the lizard man mm-hmm. costumes and stuff. Like some yeah. of that's just kind of dumb to look at. But if you oh, just kind of look at it from a, I don't want to say objective standpoint, but as from more of like an open minded sort of like, well, whatever. I mean, like. What else right. do you have right now? You've got Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think I've hated on that show a couple of times now. Yeah. I don't like three Lost episodes in Space. And you're already, you already dicked on it three times. I think. <laughs> and look, he's gambling again. Oh, yeah. And here's here's going to be like... Oh, wait. This this almost gets to like the duck season, rabbit season sort of thing. Where he tricks mm-hmm. him into doing what he wants by saying, like, Oh, you can kill me, but we're going to make it more interesting. And, and then, yeah, I feel like this, like, I guess act of the show should have been a lot longer, but whatever, they had to, they had to cut it to 44 minutes, so. I think I'm glad that it's short, because I think it would have been over, I mean. Yeah, and really, uh, one of the this scene that, right here, I'm noticing a lot of childishness, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it starts, this is where it starts to really come to a head, and you start yeah. to notice that this guy is not exactly what he seems, but, uh. Well, I think the few episodes, and um, I, I've dicked on this now, and this will be the third time, that, uh, the episode where he fights the Gorn, the lizard man. Yeah. That is a very good example of why the long third act and climax yeah. failed. Absolutely. No, I'm with you on that. I think even back then they realized that they needed the action, but action was not... Not the focus, only... Yeah. Not, so kind of, most of the time, they cut it pretty short. You'll see a fist fight, but the fist fight will last, you know, 12 seconds. Yeah. This one is surprisingly longer. And um, Well, I feel like this one, it's like, he's like, okay, Enterprise, come in. It's Kirk. And then he's like, oh, time's up. I'm magic's next to you. And, like, that's just, that's all you get. Yeah. Well, again, it's the childish nature, too, because he plays sure. the game fair for a second. And then mm-hmm. once he realizes he can't win fair, he's like, oh, well, I might as well cheat. And um, I'm trying to. <laughs> why does he always got that? <laughs> that is the best kung fu move: is grabbing his arm and yanking. Uh, actually, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this more. But when mm-hmm. I was watching Mirror Mirror again the other night, and uh, 
I always talk very highly. Yeah, that, that's of, uh, one of my favorite. Oh, yes. Great episode. But I, I always speak very highly of Kirk's double-handed overhead smash mm-hmm. thing that he does that is clearly like the least The hammerless hammer attack. That, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> uh, but in Mirror Mirror, interestingly enough, Spock pulls that out, busts that out. And I was like, oh. Really? Wow. So it wasn't, as it wasn't, apparently it wasn't just, uh, you know, Turns out it was just Jackner a good move. What the hell he's doing? Apparently, yeah. that was actually scripted or written. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> maybe you can help me out with this. On my notes, uh-huh. I noted and put uh, stars next to it <laughs> that Trelane is left-handed. And so apparently, cool, I, I thought that that was relevant, and there was something important there. Oh wait, uh, yeah, because uh, I don't know what here. Just right here, it appears in his hand. Appears in his mm-hmm. left hand, and he's also fighting with his left hand. Yeah, well, I know he is left-handed, but I'm just trying to figure out why would I have thought that that was important. Great question. What? That is one what hell of a stick mean? that he's using too. Like, what? why does he jump over the tree? It's <laughs> like the worst tactical decision that has ever been made in the history of fighting. Why <laughs> can go around? Oh, I'm just gonna jump yeah. through. See, now I'm starting to see the, the flaw in your saying that the, the castle set looks really good. The, the doorway looks really good. Yeah. We just keep coming back to the doorway. That's all it really is. The interior looks very good. Oh, sure. They really, they didn't even bother oh, to, to no. put a sky in. No, no, it was just the unkeyed green screen. Oh. I'll go the other way. <laughs> I'll go the last way. What's going to happen? Uh-oh. Oh, here's the episode where Kirk dies. Oh, here's your, uh, here's your bitch slap. Oh, this is so good. I actually, I wanted you to put that sound effect of this slap coming up just as a soundboard so you could just random, like whenever I said something stupid. Oh, I'm planning on saving it. You bet. Whenever I say something stupid, just go ahead and just. (laughs) (laughs) Just always have that one on the ready. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> On your knees, does it still taste so sweet? I <laughs> can't believe I'm not making jokes about that. I haven't made a single oral sex joke. Uh, how does he just snap it in half? That, how do you, yeah, right? <laughs> he whacks a, this out. big log against it a thousand. Oh, here we go. Slap, slap, slap. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the phrase, I'll fix you for that. Uh oh. <laughs> See, this is where in the remastered edition they should have had John Delancey pop down <laughs> as Q, Doctor Lane, and and also um, being a very naughty boy, or just have him as both the mother and the father character, <laughs> both his face, one with a long wig. Mm. I was I was going to make a reference to another uh, next generation episode where we see Data as a female, but. Uh, Oh, we'll talk yeah. about that uh, <laughs> next time. Yeah, cross that bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, this this I, is amazing uh, to me because this is such a ridiculous character and such a ridiculous reveal mm-hmm. that this could have been unwatchably bad. But well, and that's the thing. I think this is really kind of a cop out ending. Over, almost overacting, but like he does a good enough job here that you can actually watch it and you're like, oh. Well, him going straight up childlike was good. I think this looks great. His performance, 
Again, yeah, like I said, this guy did a like a hell of a job on this performance. Um, but I feel like this is such a weird ending. Like, oh, mom and dad are calling. It's like, well, that like, not that it takes the sting out of the rest of the episode. Like, it kind of does that sort of well, everybody answers to someone sort of thing. Mm. But I don't know. It's just really bizarre. Well, I think one of the major themes of Star Trek is sort of whether it's individual characters and people or mm-hmm. entire races is just maturing and growing up, you know. And this is very heavy handed way of having someone yeah. that's very powerful, but being like, well, just because he can, he's all powerful doesn't mean he doesn't need to grow up too. Yeah. And I like that they don't even bother. Like they, they're like, no, I'm not even going to answer your questions. <laughs> Normally, you'd think in sci-fi, they'd be like, you are too young of a race to understand our true being. Yeah, but they're, they're just like, like sorry, sorry, dude. Sorry for your troubles. <laughs> uh, go back to your ship, peace. Who are you? No, just just chill. Yeah, uh, don't worry about it. Later. Deuces, as they say down in Alabama. Do they really say that down there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, your state sucks. Have you never heard deuces? No, before? never heard that. It's, um, I mean, aside from saying a pair of twos. In cards. No, it's deuces means goodbye because uh, the idea is that you're holding up two uh, peace signs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's two yeah. twos, so deuces, right. Yeah. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Sort of. <laughs> as much as anything in this fucking state makes sense. Man. I really should stop Sulu's... bad-mouthing entire portions of the country. Yeah, they? no, that whole state hates you, and they, they can't. Yeah. They we're, probably we're trying can't to, to get me. people to like us, and I just keep yeah. telling everyone that they suck. Uh, the whole ending dialogue here between Kirk and Spock, I think, is one of the best bits of dialogue in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, mm. just that certain, that sort of like, uh, say that he was a warlord. He's like, well, are you sure about that? He's like, okay, say he's a little kid. Naughty was... little boy. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I wish Sulu delivered that. <laughs> or just the background, just her, <laughs> Just off in the background. <laughs> Yeah, just like th- this is one of those kind of cool things where it it really hits home the idea that they're still exploring. Mm. Like the it, things are still very strange. He's like, just mark it down as he was a big scary bad guy because that's what this little kid needs. Mm. It's also very. Uh, oh, delicious. and then there's goofy face Spock. I, and also, though, that that's one of the few... It happens a few times in the series where it gets really... feels really dated. Mm-hmm. That is, uh... You know, he's talking about mischievous pranks, and he talks about dipping girls' curls in pink wells. <laughs> I, I bet if you asked a 13-year-old today... More than anything else. If you ask a young person today what an inkwell is, mm-hmm. they will have no idea, or they will say it is the tool in Photoshop or Pro Tools. Right. Like, is, uh, that would be as confusing as telling them to go down to the video store and rent a, a you know, VHS or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that concept's even foreign to me, and I worked in a video store for seven years. You're not, and, you, I thought you would have grown to start denying that by now. <laughs> yeah, well, people don't, don't know me that well people. yet. Uh, I worked at the Super 8 Motel for three years. I don't tell people that. Oh, that's right. What'd you, what'd you do for three years? Oh, I, uh, <laughs> I worked. Weren't Don't you, you work, playing, guys, like, video poker stuff. all night while you were doing that? Yeah. Uh, nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, Super That's 8 can't fire you for it. You know, it was, 
it sounds really exciting to say that I quit my job because I was making more money playing poker, but yeah. I was also, my job was at a Super 8 motel, so it wasn't <laughs> very hard. You know, yeah. Could have probably started washing cars and made more money. Yeah, uh, hopefully you guys have stuck around for all this. Hopefully you guys watched the episode with us because it, it is really one for the record books. In the meantime, if you want to catch up with us on the web, you can find us at battleplanetpodcasts.com slash trexticles. That's T-R-E-K-S-T-I-C-L-E-S. You can find I me. I hate to interrupt your, uh, oh? your little shtick, but yes? I just want to say that I, I know it makes me sound like a 12-year-old boy, but every time you say trexticles, I actually still laugh. <laughs> I, I can't help myself. It's amazing. Uh, so <laughs> right, continue. Oh, okay. Uh, BattlePlanetPodcast.com slash Trexticles. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at TheBadPatRyan. And uh, if you want to find the show on Twitter, it's at Trexticles, T-R-E-K-S-T-I-C-L-E-S. Uh, you, can, you can find me making uh, Trek-related dick jokes at pretty much all hours of the night. Um, and if you have any questions for me, you can email me at thebadpatryan, T-H-E-B-A-D-P-A-T-R-Y-A-N at gmail.com. So y'all have a great evening, live long, and prosper. Tonight, every... Oh, god damn it, Jack. <laughs> no, you're starting. All right. <laughs> All right I finally get it down. And then you... Okay.